Today we're going to be in Galatians chapter 1, and so let's start uh, there. If you would open your Bibles to this amazing book of Galatians. And Paul the Apostle, we read in verse 1, notice what, we, what he says. He says, Paul, uh, an apostle not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brethren who are with me to the churches at Galatia. And so we're going to see, you guys, this is a heavy letter. This is a letter where uh, people had infiltrated the church and they told them that Jesus wasn't enough, that, that faith in Christ wasn't enough. They told them that in order to be saved, you had to be circumcised. And so it was a heavy thing because uh, Paul here, he writes a heavy letter. You know, He writes uh, a letter in which he's going to tell them in just a moment that they had perverted the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you guys know, hopefully you know, if you don't, uh, let me just make sure that you understand that you're saved by grace through faith. You know, you're saved by the finished work of the cross. I mean, the moment you believe in your heart in Jesus Christ, you guys know that you're saved, right? I mean, I, how many of you here, I'm just curious, how many of you here, when you were saved, it was like a moment in time. It was like instantly you just knew something just happened. If you would, raise your hand. I'm just curious. And so the rest of you, it was more of a process. You can't really save the day. Hopefully, you know, you're saved. No, I'm just joking. It doesn't have to be a one-day thing, right? Sometimes it's a process, right? But, uh, but, I'm, but for those of you who, when it was an instant, it was an instant in time. Man, when you place your faith in Christ, it was, it was just boom. The Holy Spirit came inside of you, right? And, and for others, it, it happened the same way. The only difference is they weren't necessarily aware of it. They can't pinpoint the day, but they knew somewhere along the line, Jesus came into their life. So let's just say now I come knocking at your door. Some guy comes knocking at your door and they say, yeah, you know, I heard you guys go to Calvary Chapel Almani, that church over there. Um, I, I'm here to tell you that, that they're not really telling you the truth, that in order to really get saved, you have to get baptized. Did you guys know that? And they'll, and they'll point to you a couple of scriptures that do seem a little intimidating, you know, and, and they'll tell you not only do you need to get baptized, but you need to get baptized by us and you need to, to do so, in, you know, in the name of Jesus only, you know. I mean, I mean what if they, they, they started coming to your door and they preaching a different gospel? What if you started believing that? I'm just curious. What if you're like, you know what, maybe they're right. Maybe I do need to get baptized. Maybe, maybe, maybe I do need like a ceremony. I need to go to, like, to Holy Communion or, or the sacraments. You know, maybe I need some priest to come right before I'm about to die and give me the last rites. You know, and, and then, you know, you started, you know, believing not just in faith, but in works. You know, what if, you know, you're going through your life and, and then, you know, you start thinking that it's not just grace, it's not just faith, it's not just Jesus, it's not just what he did, it's also what I do. You know, I, and I'm going to tell you this as a, a pastor, and I've read my Bible many times, you know, because there'll be some, and they'll say, well, it's not a big deal, don't worry, you're saved. I don't know. 
someone come knocking to your door and they tell you a different gospel and you start believing something different, maybe you won't go to heaven. Maybe, Paul talks about it, maybe you fall from grace. You know, we have had people, and it's kind of crazy, they used to be Christians, they used to be in the ministry, now they're Catholics. Imagine that. Now they're Catholics and they believe in the priests and they believe in the Pope and they believe in the sacraments and they believe in the ceremonies. You know, and some might say, well, it's not really dangerous. No, it's very dangerous. Not only is it dangerous for you, but it's dangerous for the message that you teach. You know, it's crazy. Some people, they're, they're Christians and they come to church and they serve in ministry and then they go and then they start getting high again. They don't go to church anymore. They get drunk, you know, and, they, and they're in bondage again. You know, well, some will say, well, they were never saved. Maybe they were and they walked away from the Lord. I mean, it's serious stuff. So Paul, the apostle, in writing the book of Galatians, he deals with that issue. And I'm telling you guys this, and I want to tell you right now, please continue to believe until the day that you die. Don't ever stop believing. Don't ever stop going to church. Don't ever stop reading your Bible. Don't ever stop praying. Because if you do, you might drift away. I, I believe that, that someone can fall from grace because that's exactly what the Bible says. And so Paul, is, is he's, he's very concerned. And so we're going to see that he writes this letter and he, he's serious, man. And he wants to tell them, first of all, who he is. Look at verse 1. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man. And, and you know, everybody nowadays, you know, it's, it's from men. In, in, in one sense, it's through men. Like, how did I get ordained? I got ordained, you know, through Pastor Raul Reese. I got ordained through Calvary Chapel. It was through man. He's the one that signed the paper that said you can be a Calvary Chapel. We got pastors here. They were ordained through men. Um, Paul says, for me, it wasn't like that. It wasn't from man. It wasn't even through man. I got ordained by Jesus Christ himself. That's what he says there in verse 1. An apostle, not from men, nor through men, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. You know, and you guys remember the story in Acts chapter 9 when the Lord appeared to Paul and he arrested him, so to speak, on the road to Damascus and he called him as an apostle. I mean, it wasn't through the church in Jerusalem. It wasn't through Peter, James, and John. I mean, what he's trying to tell them is, listen to me, listen to me. I was ordained through Jesus, by Jesus God is the one who called me, so listen to me. Not to these guys, listen to me. And so he's, he's, he, he starts the letter this way, you know, and, and he's telling them this is who I am, and the only reason he's doing it is not that he's bragging. He's not bragging. He's just telling them that because he wants them to know the authority of his message, and we're going to see that even more so later it's interesting how he writes here to the churches of letter of Paul's letters. He wrote 13 of them. This is the only one that's written to a plurality of churches that we know for certain. 
Some say maybe the book of Ephesians was intended to be a letter written to plurality of churches, but that's not implicit within the text. But here we see it was to a number of churches. Um, Most people believe, like we read today in Acts 16, we'll read it again in Acts 18, how Paul went to the regions of Galatia. These were churches that he had established. And so, you know, what had happened, we're going to see, is that they had turned from the faith. And so he's writing to these churches. He gives them a pretty typical greeting in verse 3. And then he mentions this beautiful fact that Jesus gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of God our Father. And all this is for his glory. And so we read then in verse 6, he says to them, "I, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. In other words, it's not like a gospel. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But listen, even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. And as we have said before, so now I say again, If anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Do you you think people can turn away from the Lord? Do you have any friends that used to come to church, but now they don't anymore? I mean, do you have people that are going into sin with eyes wide open and they think it's no big deal? Because they don't have any fear of God. You're gambling with your soul. I mean, I thank God for the blood of Jesus, and I thank we, God we can abide in him, but here we read about people that were turning away, and notice again in verse 6, he says, I marvel, I, I'm tripping out in the Greek, that's what he says, you know. <laughs> I'm tripping out on you guys that you're turning away so soon from him. You're not turning away from the church. You're turning away from Jesus. You're turning away to a, to a different gospel. And it's not really a gospel, but what happens is these guys came in. They want to trouble you. And notice it says there that they want to pervert the gospel. You know, what do we normally think of when we think of a pervert? And I don't want to, you know, freak you guys out, but, you know, you guys know what a pervert is, right? If somebody who's taken something that's so beautiful, something like sexual intimacy, which is intended to be, you know, between a husband and a wife. Hebrews 13, 4 says the marriage bed is undefiled. It's beautiful. Sexual intimacy is intended for a husband and wife only. And any other sex outside of that marriage bed is perverted. You know, perverts take things that are good, things that are intended to be good, And they mess it all up, including, you know, faith, including the Lord. I mean, they took the the gospel, which is so simple, it's so beautiful. You know, Jesus died for us on the cross, and all the crazy things we've ever done were laid on him. You guys know that, right? He suffered for us, and they put him in a grave. He rose again. I mean, he conquered death. And when we believed in him, a, a little child can do it. You don't have to have a degree in theology. You know, a little three-year-old can get saved. A little four-year-old can know Jesus. I mean, it's just so beautiful 
how simple it is. But then what ends up happening is you get these guys, these you know, religious people, these legalists, these Judaizers, and they try to complicate everything and they pervert the gospel. And so here Paul says, I marvel that you're, you're turning away from him you know, to a different gospel. And so then he clarifies it in verse 8. He says, if, but, but I want to tell you guys this, that even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we've preached, let him be accursed. Uh, the Greek word is anathema. Um, it would be kind of like saying, let him go to hell. Let him be damned. If someone comes and preaches a different gospel. And, and you guys, probably all this time you thought Paul was a nice guy, huh? <laughs> I mean, he is kind of a nice guy, but man, when it comes to stuff like this, he doesn't mess around. You know, the other day we went to In-N-Out. Man, it was so good. The, the double-doubles, um, they hit the spot, right? But as we're there in line, we, I saw a couple of people. And I, I don't know if, I mean, I think I was telling the truth, but I tell this young man, I said, man, you know, you look familiar. Who, you know, have I seen you before? And he's like, well, I... I work at Macy's in Arcadia. I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe I saw you there. But I just wanted to share with him. And, and, and you know, so we ended up sharing. And I, and I, and I knew they were Jehovah Witnesses. And so, um, you know, just started talking about the, 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 the Lord and about salvation and about the way that they had perverted the gospel. And I told him. I said, so you don't believe in salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. You know, how is someone saved? I asked him. How is someone saved? And he's like, well, that's a very complicated question. And, you know, you have to, you know, do this and you have to be that and your certain, you know, life that you have to live. And he just, man, he just made it crazy. And so then I told him, well, when the book of Acts chapter 16, when the Philippian jailer, he rushed in and he falls to his knees and he says, what must I do to be saved? They said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. I said, what about that? Acts 16, 31 It's straight out. It says it right there. That's how you're saved. I said, but you, you want to add works to the gospel. And here are these kids, man, they are clean cut. They are way more clean cut than me. They look good. They're very nice. But I told them, you are perverting the gospel. Because that's what Paul said. They're adding to it. They said that you had to be circumcised. They were turning people away. And therefore, Paul, you know, you're going to see his tone in the letter. He's mad. A nice guy, but he's mad. Because he has the Holy Spirit inside of him. And there are times that we need to be mad. He said, I'll tell you what, even if we or some other angel of light, I don't care who it is, like the Mormons, they say, you know, an angel came and spoke to him, said, even if we or an angel of light, they preach to you any other gospel, you know, let him go to hell. You know, these guys were teaching that you have to circumcise the, the men. Paul, nice guy, he said, you know what? They should castrate themselves. I mean, he, it doesn't, to him, he, and then he says it again. He says, and as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be 
accursed. And again, the Greek word anathema, let him be damned. He says, for I'm not, a, I'm not here to please men. Do I, verse 10, do I now persuade men or, or God? Do I seek to please men? Of course not. You know, if I seek to be, please men, then I would not be a bondservant of Jesus Christ. And you can ask any minister who's, uh, you know, want, uh, wants to serve the Lord. You know, you, you cannot serve the Lord and try to please men. You can't. You know, because, you know, otherwise you end up trying to, to be a politician. I mean, you have to choose. Are you going to be a John the Baptist who was a prophet? Or are you going to be some, you know, wimpy king who was trying to please everybody? You can't. Paul said, I'm a bondservant of the Lord. I do exactly what he tells me to do. If someone doesn't like it, that's their problem. I'm wanting to please God and not men. Of course, you, you, know, you care about people and you consider their feelings and you're trying to be sensitive to them. But the decisions that you make, you make them because you're trying to please God. And so in verse 11, notice what he says. He said in, in verse 11, But I, I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles, he said, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. And so what Paul is telling the Galatians here in, in verse 11 is that the gospel that he received, he, he didn't go to Bible school to get it. He didn't go to Jerusalem and sit at the feet of Peter and, you know, James and John and whatever, you know, some other rabbis and Christian teachers, you know, to get the gospel. He got it straight from the lips of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying. You know, he says right here, I, I didn't receive it from man. I, I wasn't taught. It came through the revelation of, of Jesus Christ because he says there in verse 13, because you guys know my story, how before I was uh, 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 caught up in, in Judaism, I was zealous for the law, I persecuted the church of God, I tried to wipe it out. You guys know my story, right? He says, and, and I was advancing uh, beyond my contemporaries in Judaism. I was exceedingly zealous for the the law and the traditions of my fathers. You know, you guys know that Paul the Apostle would go and he would find Christians, uh, Jewish Christians, and he would, you know, bust down their door. He would pull them out. He would compel them to blaspheme. He would have them murdered, right? I mean, he's just saying, you guys know my story, right? I mean, I came from full-on, you know, terrorism. It wasn't just Judaism, 
It was terrorism. I mean, this guy was, was bad. You know, I don't know about you, but I think about going to heaven, and I think about David. I mean, David, think about David. He was a pretty amazing soldier. How many of you guys think David was a big dude? None of you. You all think he was small, huh? I don't know. He was an awesome soldier. I kind of look forward to meeting him. I look forward to, to meeting Paul. Uh, they say he was small, though. They say um, he wasn't much of a warrior, but he was a crazy dude. You know, and so this was his story. He said, you know, when I was born, God had already elected me according to his foreknowledge. He knew that one day I would, you know, come to him. I would be his son. And so it's interesting how we have there in, in, in you know, verse 15, it pleased God who, you know, in all reality, separated me from my mother's womb. I mean, you know, when you were born, God already knew that one day you were going to be saved. And so he had everything already ordained. And so he knew that from the moment you were born. But then the day came where he revealed his son in us. You know, and that's when we get saved. And so it's interesting how you see the balance between God's sovereignty, his election, and then our responsibility uh, the moment that we're saved. Now, you guys know this, that we were saved by the Father before time began. Did you guys know that? That before time began, the Father chose you and he elected you, okay? But you were saved by the Son when he shed his blood on Calvary. So the Father saved you, the Son saved you, but you were saved by the Holy Spirit the moment you received Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you're like, well, how can you get saved three times? I don't know, how can three be one? How can you reconcile God's sovereignty and human responsibility? You can't, but He can. And they're both true. You know, it's crazy how sometimes people, they like to say, well, you know what? God chose some to, to be saved and others, they don't even have a chance. And yet my Bible says in 2 Peter 3, 9 that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Bible says that Jesus died for our sins, and not my sins only, but John says for the sins of the world. And so you have that, that beautiful balance there. And it's interesting. Look again, if you would, at verse 16. You know, to reveal his son in me, that's when he got saved, that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Isn't it cool? I always tell you guys this. You were saved to serve. I mean, you were saved to serve. Maybe you're not like a preacher like Paul. I think in one sense, we're all preachers. You know, I was talking to one brother earlier, and it's just so cool the way that it's overflowing in his life. And he's telling his sisters about Jesus, and he's telling his, his dad, and he's reading the Bible with him, and he's trying to live the life because we're all called to be preachers. You know, not necessarily like Paul, but I will say this, that you're saved to serve. You know, I pray that you guys know that. You don't just come in and, you know, I don't want to offend you, but we don't want to just be pew potatoes, right? So I was saved, he said, that I might preach. You know, you were saved and you fill in the blank. 
that you might, what? what? What's the body, part of the body that you're in? You know, he wants us to share the gospel. And I know sometimes we don't feel like we're good enough to share it. We're not eloquent enough. Today, I'm going to be honest with you, I got convicted because I went with my wife to uh, Jersey Mike's and there were all these people there. And so I said, hey, do we have any invites for the church? I didn't have one. And so, you know, you could go up to them and you can talk to them, but I said, you know what? We got to be carrying these things with us all, all the time because tonight's Awana's and I saw these two little kids right there. And so, you know, we should be open to be sharing with them. It makes it a little easier when you have something to give. Henry had mentioned that today in the announcements. And so carry those things with you. Those cards right there, carry them with you. You just never know. I mean, you were saved to serve. You were, you know, you, you know chosen by God to, to preach. And we do it with our lives and we do it with our lips. Paul right here, he says, that's why I got saved. And God, you know, came in and that I might preach, but he said, when I did get saved, I didn't go to Jerusalem. I didn't go to the teachers over there. I went to God. And we know, you know, according to Acts chapter 9, and you combine it here with Galatians chapter 1, that he went for three years, three solid years. He went to Arabia. He went to the mountain. And it was just him, the Holy Spirit, and the Bible. No commentaries, no teachers. It was just him and his Bible. And, and you know, I don't know if you guys ever, ever think that, that that's enough. I mean, it is. You know, and I know a lot of times, we, you know, we want to run to our commentaries. But man, to me, it's just so cool that he went. And of course, he had a head start. He knew the Old Testament. He was, you know, uh, learned in the scriptures. But notice there in verse 18 that after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to Peter and I remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Now concerning the things which I write to you indeed before God, he said, I do not lie. And so you guys know what happened is he went, you know, and he just spent time with the Lord and that's where he got you know, the gospel, that's when he realized as he's reading through his Old Testament scriptures how Jesus uh, was the Christ, how the Christ had to suffer and die and rise again. And he started learning all the scriptures of the Old Testament and all of a sudden it just all became, began to make sense to him. And that's why I tell you guys this. But a lot of times people don't want to listen and then they wonder why they're in trouble. Read your Bibles. Read your Bibles, because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Read from Genesis to Revelation, then read it again, and again, and again, and again. And you watch what God does, because he gives you the big picture. You know, and then things begin to make sense, and then you get a balanced view of the Lord, and you understand, like we're already talking, you know, God's sovereignty and human responsibility, and you you see it implicit in the Old Testament, the doctrine of the Trinity. You see it explicit in the New, and then you see salvation by by faith, and just things begin to happen. Paul here he said, "I, I got my gospel from Jesus," and 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 that's how it originated, and and for us maybe in one sense that's how it will happen too. 
You know, I, I love going to Bible studies. I love reading books. I love commentaries. But the things that have stuck to me the greatest in my life over the years have been the things that God has shown me personally. Remember I told you guys that, that poem, God is alive and God is here. At times he speaks through others and they whisper in my ear. But this same God who lives and whose closeness is his art prefers to speak straight from his throne directly to my heart. Last night, I uh, was listening to the testimony of Pastor Dale Goddard. Uh, he's the assistant pastor over at Calvary Chapel Golden Springs, and Ryan Reese interviewed him. And it was such a great interview. I, I love Dale so much. You can probably still listen to it in the archives but he talks about how there was a time when his wife um, was having an affair on him. And so, you know, she said, I don't love you. You know, you, you need to leave. She had her boyfriend. I mean, she was out there living her own thing. And so Dale, when that all happened, uh, Dale came, you know, back to the Lord. Um, and it was kind of crazy, you know, when he did finally choose to go back to the Lord he drove back to the church at midnight and he just knew that he had to go there and it was a miracle because Pastor Raw had gone to uh, an event that night but then he came back and got his car in the parking lot and so just as Dale was driving up, Pastor Raw was driving out and then Pastor Dale got down on his knees and Pastor Raw met him there and God restored him. And so from that point forward, he just said, I want you to listen to Chuck Smith tapes. And he was listening, and he was being restored, and he was getting right in his relationship with the Lord, but his wife was not getting right. And so, you know, Dale's trying, and he's trying to love her, and he's saying, I'm a changed man, and, you know, um, but, but, but his wife wasn't, wasn't buying it. She wasn't changing. And so, so finally, what happens one day you know, is there, Dale says, I'm going to get a divorce. I have biblical grounds. My wife is out there sleeping with another man. So I'm going to get a divorce. And so what he does, this is after about six months of this madness, is he goes to Pastor Raw. He says, Pastor Raw, I've been, you know, thinking about this, and my wife, she doesn't want to change. And so I want to get a divorce. I just... I just I just want to let you know I have biblical grounds. And, and Pastor Raul, it was so cool what he said to him. He said, okay. He said, I, I hear what you're saying, but let me just ask you a question. Did God tell you to get a divorce? Did God tell you to get a divorce? How can you know unless you're talking with God? Right? And that's what Paul's doing. He's, I'm not going to go talk to this guy, that guy, or that guy. I'm going to go to Arabia. I'm going to spend three years on my knees in my Bible, and I'm going to let God speak to me. Because what did Jesus say? My sheep, they know my voice. They hear my voice. It's not a religion. It's a personal relationship with God. And so what he's trying to tell the Galatians is, listen, I, I didn't ordain myself. Jesus ordained me. He gave me that apostolic authority and I got my gospel not from men. It's not human. It's divine. And what I'm sharing with you 
is true, that that gospel that they're preaching, the gospel of works, is perverted. This is the pure gospel. He says here in closing afterward, I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was unknown by face to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they were hearing only that he who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith which he once tried to destroy. And, and look at verse 24. And, and then who was glorified? God was glorified. And he's just telling him the chronology of everything. That when he got saved, he took three years in Arabia. Then he goes to Jerusalem for 15 days. It was too hot to handle. They send him home. He goes to Tarsus, Syria, Cilicia, and he's there for nine years. We're going to see nine years. He's up there, and all they know, all the churches know is, yeah, that guy that used to persecute us, I guess he's preaching the gospel over there. And then everyone uh, was tripping out. Wow, God did a work. That guy got saved. And so he's just kind of giving the chronology we're going to see next time in chapter 2, verse 1, then what happens after 14 years. And he just kind of tells his story. But I want to stop there uh, today.